Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, 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 welcome to this special bonus episode, Wednesday edition of Comic Book Nation. Uh, as you can see, it's a little bit of a different crew here. Uh, just the two of us. <laughs> Dude, you, you can't ask me to sing right now, man. I know, I know. I'm fine a sinus infection. I got a terrible cough. I wanted to apologize in advance for that. But and then I made you sing. Then you uh, tried to make me sing. That's how it is. So I am, of course, uh, Matt Aguilar, and then of course Connor Casey battling uh, the the sick, the elements here to be here. Uh, thank you, buddy, for for jumping on. I know you're not feeling so hot. So yeah, hey, um, man, didn't want to miss this one. Yeah. So uh, ironically, we were earlier in the we were kind of like, hey, are we gonna do a. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be enough for a bonus episode. And then it turns out there was really enough for like a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, yesterday just flooded with uh, casting announcements and trailers. And and then on top of that, there was already the big news of Deadpool 3, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman's costume, all that stuff. So in this bonus episode, we'll do the rundown for you real quick. Uh, we're going to be jumping into the new DCU castings announced by James Gunn and Peter Safran. And uh, there are some big ones. We're also going to be going into a little bit. They give a little detail about uh, kind of the framework of this new DCU and and what they will be and won't be doing and, and how the previous movies kind of affect that. So we'll be touching on that. Then obviously we have to touch on Deadpool 3's first look at Hugh Jackman's Wolverine suit, the suit we've been longing for and... Not going to throw that out there, but someone got their wish. Just just, just very happy about that. And then trailer reactions. We're going to react to the new Blue Beetle trailer, uh, the new Ahsoka trailer, and the new Wonka trailer, which literally all hit within hours. It had to be like hours. Pretty much. Um, so this, okay, now here's the thing. We have not seen a Wolverine helmet yet, so I don't know. I have to save judgment, but comic book nation might not be wrong. So that is our full thing. Um, I guess the best place to start, though, is the DCU castings. Uh, this is the big news. We got some, obviously we got our Clark and our Lois not crazy long ago. And now we got three other big castings that will be part of Superman legacy as well. But as we will kind of talk about here, we'll also have a larger impact on other projects and stuff in the DCU. So first off we have, uh, yes, I did lead off with Green Lantern. Uh, we got our first Green Lantern of the there new DCU. Go. Guy Gardner, Nathan Fillion will be playing Guy. Uh, and then we got our Hawk Girl. They have not said exactly which Hawk Girl, but our Hawk Girl is Isabella Merced. And then our Mr. Terrific uh, is Edie Gathegi. So those are three. I did not, if I if you had a bingo card and asked me to like, hey, who would our next castings be? I wouldn't have picked any of those. 
I don't know about you. What do you, what do you feel about that? <laughs> well, the, the Fillion one doesn't surprise me, uh, partially because it's Gunn and he hires his buddies and the, the friendship between those two goes back decades. Uh, the other thing is I feel like Gunn doesn't miss when it comes to castings. Like He did not miss when it came to his version of the Suicide Squad, the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, He plucked plenty of actors and actresses out of a pure obscurity and said, I'm going to make you a freaking star. He identified the brilliance that is Dave Bautista as an actor. As far as Fillion goes, this one feels like we're finally answering the question that every Serenity and Firefly fan has <laughs> been asking for, which is get Nathan Fillion on another space show. For some reason, that dude has never done another space show after he worked with Whedon. And we've all been patiently waiting. He didn't have to even put on a brown coat again. He's just got to be up in space, and he's got to be Nathan Fillion. And we're getting that, <laughs> and he's Guy Gardner, who's the, the, the butt of the joke always. I don't. I hope they don't give him the bowl cut because no one's that. Cool. Oh, they are though. Oh, that's official. That that's official. Gun confirmed it, and he said, "Of course, he will have the bowl cut. He's got oh, it." That that's, is... that's, now, ironically, it's funny because like he's he's maintained a version of the bowl cut in recent years, but like it's not like we're not talking like you know '90s JLI style bowl cut. It's kind of a what a sophisticated bowl cut. So uh, the modern bowl cut so i think they can find wiggle room there ironically uh the, the biggest part of this i initially i love nathan fillion just mm. to be fair like in any role the dude i still think he is actually my favorite uh tim drake uh sorry not tim drake uh, nathan drake because the uncharted fan film yes, the, the fan movie much better than, than the regular uncharted film uh so like i love him i will say like the guy gardner that I most identify with in the books is typically not as quippy and, you know, kind of jovial in that respect as Fillion's characters tend to be. Um, I, there's a couple other characters I probably would have maybe pegged him for more. That said, I, Nathan Fillion can, I, I trust enough in like Nathan Fillion's skill set and guns casting nuance that like, it'll work out. They'll find a, a way to kind of, you know, make him a little less like, like, cause that's the thing. Like Gardner has to be kind of the rough edge character against some of the other characters. That's he's not the quippy guy. There's other guys on the lanterns that are quippy guys. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how that works, but I'm excited. I'm excited that we have a guy Gardner. The interesting part is we already had a guy Gardner because they had already cast one for the HBO max green lantern. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so people immediately, like that was a full on announcement. So people immediately kind of went, Hey, is this like, are we going to have two or whatever? And Gunn also clarified on that. It is super handy to have him like on social media, clarifying things. He clarified that Fillion's Guy Gardner is the Guy Gardner across all projects. So like whatever was happening there, that is not the case anymore. This will be Guy Gardner. So if Guy Gardner shows up in that show, if that show ever actually happens, it's going to be Fillion, which, Hey, cool. I, I like consistency. So I'm fine with that. Um, next we have Hawkgirl, uh, Isabella Merced, I'm look, I, I'm a Kendra fan. Like that's my favorite hot girl. So I'm kind of pulling for that. Uh, I'm also just like, you know, excited to have you know, more Brown in the DCU is not bad for me. I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm just happy that we get a hot girl. It's one of those characters that I've adored over the years. And, you know, sometimes it's very easy for her to kind of get pushed aside. And I thought the animated series did such a great job of kind of pulling her 
into the forefront with storylines. Mm-hmm. And so ever since, you know, she's had a following. And it's just awesome that we're going to get to see her here. Uh, any any thoughts on her casting? Not her specifically. I, I do think she's also in Madam Web. So this is another one of those, hey, both studios are casting the same people. And it, it just confuses the normies out there because they go, wait, wasn't she just in the Spider-Man movie? But anyway, in t- this whole casting, the, these three roles as a whole, it kind of had me tense up a little bit because it reminded me of the Black Adam lineup. All of a sudden we have, hey, here's your your main guy. And then here's some B and C listers to go along with them. Like e- like Edie as Mr. Terrific. That's awesome because that dude was Darwin and he got so little to yeah, do in the first class. And everyone was like, wow, he's one of the best parts. Everyone's of so happy for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm just glad you got another <laughs> shot, man. I'm happy for you. Um, but I'm just, I'm wor- I'm fine with them introducing other heroes with this being their first movie. This does not have to be Man of Steel where we act like you're the only hero right. out here right now. But I also remember Black Adam in how we throw all of these different heroes at you, including Hawkman, so the counterpart to Hawkgirl. And it kind of pulled the te- the attention away from the focus of the movie, which was supposed to be Black Adam. That's one of about a dozen reasons why that movie's bad and I fell asleep. But, yeah, so I- I'm-, I'm 50-50 on it. I'm very confident in James Gunn's casting. I still want to see what his vision of this whole thing is. I'm fine that we have other heroes in the universe from the start. I just hope this isn't pulling away too much attention from the actual story of Clark and Lois. So far, these three characters don't scream that to me. Um, the nature of them being super. What's a lantern, though? And that's like a huge. Right. Thing. But but lanterns are. Look, I will be the first one that says they should get their spotlight. But again, we're we're assuming things because of how the past DC world was handled i i have no idea if the when we come into superman legacy we it looks like we are very much coming into a world with heroes with established things in place and we're going to watch superman grow in that so lanterns exist they've existed for a long time like if you have any kind of inclination or even dabbling in space it makes sense to have one be sort of a passing in the night representative of that Hawkgirl, I don't know exactly where she fits into that. Mr. Terrific's easy to plug in kind of anywhere. So, I mean, that one, again, makes sense. So, I'm okay with this. Again, if we start getting like nine, ten other (laughs) characters and like, hey, they're all showing up, I might start to get a little whatever. But so far, I'm just excited to see these uh, represented. Um, The other big thing is that, you know, Peter Safran had a quote uh, in Variety and was kind of touching on how people should look at the past movies, confusion coming into this, all that. And he said, the good news is if you've seen nothing that we've done before, you can watch Superman Legacy. You can watch Creature Commandos. You can watch Peacemaker Season 2. And you can watch Blue Beetle. All of that, Saffron said, uh, uh, we are trying to minimize audience confusion and maximize their enjoyment. So it does seem like there's a somewhat of a hard reset. And that was one of our biggest knocks against Flash was that it didn't present this kind of, hey, here's the new world type thing. But it looks like DC is kind of saying, no, that's still a hard, <laughs> still a hard reset. We're, we're kind of moving forward. Right. It, but that honestly, that feels like producer talk where it's, hey, you don't what have to see this? anything else for you to understand this. And I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it, pal, because you're bringing up Peacemaker season two. It's like, wouldn't you have to have seen Peacemaker season one? Well, and obviously, but that's tied to the 
that's tied to the actual show. I mean, if you were if they were talking about Blue Beetle two, and they're like, well, you don't have to see these other movies. You would uh, if there was a Blue Beetle one, you would still need to probably see Blue Beetle one. You know what I mean? Like I, I take that with a grain of salt. It is producer talk, but I also think it speaks to much of the discussion of what the Flash was trying to do, and them saying whether it succeeded or not. We're we're kind of drawing a line in the sand, which is yeah. which is good. I think that's good for for future. All right, so. Before we move on, any any other little thoughts, nuggets there that you want to touch on? Yeah, and this is kind of the uh, the big gray cloud floating over every story we talk about today. None of this matters if SAG goes on strike here at midnight tonight. So it's very true. That's that's well, kind it of, still matters. It, it just matters, doesn't matter immediately. Like everything yes. gets put on pause <laughs> the moment yes. that happens because true, it, it was fine with no writers because some scripts were already done, some films were already in production. When SAG goes on strike, everything stops because yeah. you have no actors. And yeah. I hope the animated industry is ready for some fun. I, I agree wholeheartedly. We'll see if the there I I've been watching some of the back and forth on whether SAG will or won't. There's a lot of discussion there. I'll just wait to see what happens. I'm not educated enough in that particular side of the sphere uh, to, to know one way or the other. But it still matters in the long run. We're still going to probably get a lot of these things. Not all of them, obviously, because betting 100% on the movie industry is just like, that's not a bet I'm willing to take. Right. But we will get them eventually. We just might not get them till 2026 or 2027. Uh, but moving into a movie that does seem to be inching towards the finish line, it feels like in a rush to get there, is Deadpool 3. Um, and everyone, look, we talked about it last week on the show, on the main show, that you know, the Deadpool costume looked good. They were already showing behind the scenes, you know, set photos and images of stuff of Ryan Reynolds in the costume. And all I wanted was Hugh Jackman in the suit. And all I wanted was blue and yellow. And all of behold, there goes Hugh Jackman in a blue and yellow suit. I lost my, I just lost my mind. I was, I was by myself. Somewhere. I can't remember where I was <laughs> when I first saw the image. <gasps> I, was, I was lost my ass. So it's so dope. It's a cross, obviously, between like the animated series and Astonishing X-Men, pulling a lot more from Astonishing, in my opinion. But uh, it kind of wait and see on the mask and the like that'll really complete the look because we'll see if it's the longer or the shorter ears, you know, kind of thing. What do you think of the suit? I mean, we finally got one. He's in a suit. He is in the suit. It looks great. I when the first when the very first version of the photo came out and it was in that low res, I legit thought they gave Deadpool like a Lego themed suit because he was all like bricks on the top of his head. And I'm just like, that doesn't look right. And then they, Deadpool's like, yeah, here's the high res photo. And I'm like, oh, my God, it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks, um, good. It looks good. I I don't know. I still don't know what to think of this movie. I I think so much of Deadpool's strength comes from the ability to ad lib. And you can't do that when you have a writer strike. So I I hope this still lands. I really do. And I I'm a little I'm still confused by some of the cameo announcements we've been getting. Oh, yeah, Gardner's Electra, which feels like that could be either a whole movie thing or a two second quick cut. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, look, it's it's a hard one to pin down for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I the the Electra thing had me that was, I did not expect that announcement uh, when that hit. And then, you know, that does feel though, very on brand. I mean, that's what, you know, Deadpool took a ton of shots in the first one uh, at, you know, previous movies, other, other superhero films, that kind of thing. This one's going to be no different. 
Daredevil is a very much a kind of a, a, can be a punching bag when brought up in in circles if you if you're not around a bunch of just like you know big fans of the movie because it av- obviously has its defenders uh, and there's the parts of the movie cut. I really that, like that's where the defense comes in is watch the director's cut well but like even outside of the director's cut there's scenes and things like that and concepts that I like that I enjoy about that movie I just it didn't come together <laughs> like like it I, it should have or whatever so. You know, it's like there are now it is interesting. Tony Reyes in the comments does say a thing that I have seen a couple of things of of rip the sleeves off of like people want to see the arms because that is obviously such a look tied to Logan in the books. I'm OK with it. It, it doesn't bother me, but I understand it. Like I understand why people, you know, would, would want to see that. Um, I want to see the hood. Biggest thing for me is I just want one shot. in the hood. He doesn't have to have the hood on all the time. I just want to see one shot. In it. That's it. So my theory when they very first announced Hugh Jackman was that it was going to be Hugh Jackman playing Hugh Jackman and Deadpool just keeps throwing him in like, no, you're Wolverine, put on the suit. He's like, I'm so confused right now. I'm Australia. But I, and I, I'm still holding on a teeny bit of hope. That's actually what we're getting where it's like, you don't actually get Wolverine. You just get Hugh Jackman. You know, that would be, I, I don't know. I would kind of love that concept. That's something Deadpool would do. That is something Deadpool would do. Yeah, no. And then maybe like a greatest showman reference and like some other, like just put him in like a greatest hits of Hugh Jackman's career. <laughs> just have Deadpool uh, start singing Chevere from Les uh, Mis. I do hope some people look have obviously with all the meta stuff, right? Have pulled up things from the X-Men. So like Oscar Isaac is apocalypse since now he's in the moon Knight fold, right? Mm-hmm. He might want to poke a shot at himself. Um, Gambit, Channing Tatum, maybe finally getting his turn as Gambit, you know. So there are some things that I do hope they they have fun with. It it is very much a movie for that meta delight. I, I hope it I hope it happens. But I do love your concept. I do love the premise. Um, so uh, let's move on to we got three big trailers uh, to talk about. First, uh, let's talk about Blue Beetle. Um, that's actually the if I had to rank these, there's actually a surprising ranking for me. But Blue Beetle is probably the one I'm most excited for. That's a shock to no one. Um, <laughs> this trailer, uh, again, did a I think did a great job of like the suit stuff and things like that we've seen in the we've seen in the other trailer. But like Kajida, the back and forth between Jaime and, and Kajida and like also the family and how they are utilized in the story is those are like the best parts of Blue Beetle in the comics. Yeah. So those translate to me very well in these trailers so far. And I'm excited to see how those like actually when we get to see them really have room to breathe. Um, And those are going to to me, those are going to be the most critical parts of the success of this movie and making it stand apart from a lot of superhero movies we've had over the last few years. A lot of the Disney Plus shows like we've seen a lot of superhero stuff and we've seen a lot of superhero power fights. So that has a very hard time capturing someone you know like getting them to be kind of in awe because we've seen so much of it's hard to do and so i i hope the groundedness and the family dynamic and the the character jaime is an amazing character uh you know jolo i think is handling it so well so far so i'm excited to see that stuff and i think this trailer shows more of that that's why i'm more excited about but what do you think I think that this movie is going to live and die on whether or not the family dynamic works because so many superhero movies are, oh, someone has, someone's a superhero. They have a special ability. They have to keep it from their family. They have to keep the secret right. identity. This one is one where 
everyone in his family knows exactly what he's all about and how does that dynamic work? And then Susan Saran is going to attack that family. So <laughs> yeah. we, we better care about them when that third right. act rolls around. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's really where this one's going to live or die for me. Because otherwise, it looks like Shazam, the first one, with a little bit of Iron Man thrown in. I like, well, as a, I like Shazam, the original. I like both of those movies. Yeah. But um, I've seen those movies. But man, it looks, I, I think you're selling the costume and the suit, like the powers, so short. I think it looks I, like the honestly. The, I think that the commer- the previews haven't done enough to sell what the suit can do. It's hey, here's a shield, and here's a sword, and here's the little tendril things. That's about it. Right. I do hope there is more to that. I mean, obviously, in the comics, it it does more things, and they hinted that in the trailer, but you can't give away the farm because people are already in the comments saying gave away too much as it is. Yeah. So I <laughs> can't give away everything. Um, but I but I agree. I do want to see. That's always my thing with uh, Green Lantern is that it can be so easy to bake that very creative and open-ended weapon to, hey, here's a beam. Like, mm-hmm. that was my number one nitpick against Justice League cartoons and Jon Stewart. The dude only knew how to do, like, three constructs. I'm like, guy, come on. <laughs> like, we've got Hal's making, like, armies and, and Rainer's making, you know, mech suits and all this stuff. You're making a beam, <laughs> maybe a hammer, a fist. Get get with the program, dude. Like, it's so boring. And I hate when comics do it, too. Like, it's my number one pet peeve with Green Lantern books sometimes. So the more creative you can be, the better. Also here, nice ode to, like, Sentai Power Rangers. That pose with the slice, as Nick Valdez would say, chef's kiss Hmm. um ahsoka is the other big one this came out of nowhere too (laughs) it's such a big series um you know kofi obviously is going to comment a little bit on this on friday show or sorry not this friday show next week's show (laughs) um but like this man what did you think about this uh i my thoughts were in my tweet which is welcome back to star wars you all have homework because if you haven't seen Clone Wars and you haven't seen Rebels, I have not seen Rebels. You don't have a freaking clue what's going on in this movie, in this show. So everything with Sabine and with Ahsoka and, oh, are you a Jedi? What the hell's a gray Jedi? You, you gotta, you got to do your homework to get anything about this show walking in. So, And I can't tell if they're diving in with you assuming that you've seen all the Filoni stuff. Or if they're going to have to spend about two episodes explaining what the hell all happened. Because the way the trailer is presented, it makes it look like, hey, these are all the characters you know in live action. Ah, Over my head. Yeah, I think, um, number one, they even shout out Rebels, which is awesome. That's a great, uh, great moment in the in the trailer, you know. Um, that'll be music to Kofi's ears. <laughs> I know he loves Rebels and, you know, the animated side of uh, Star Wars universe is so... Uh, has so much amazing content in it. And I do love that, you know, in the thing we always talk about superhero movies with like, Hey, shout out the comics, right? Like promote the comics that like birth all this amazing stuff. It is awesome to see them doing so much with those characters that people who really like take to these new people will, will have to go back and watch all that stuff. And that's good ultimately because <laughs> like that's great content you should watch. Like there's stuff I've still not caught up on in that side of the universe that I need to catch up on. I will be doing so before this show hits, right? So mission accomplished. Um and I there's just it's it's gorgeous. There's the action's awesome. I mean, look, I can't say enough about Rosario Dawson uh bringing this character to life, but this looks cool, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm pumped. Uh now, finally, in the one I did not 
see coming uh, was Wonka. Number one, because I had actually forgot they announced it. <laughs> I forgot that the movie existed. And then when the trailer popped up, oh, that's right. Yeah. And then I watched this trailer and I had no kind of preconceived notions coming in. Uh, man, I was taken with this. I think I'm in on this, man. And I did not see that coming. I, I, this was, I don't know. This just, this just right here. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I was like happy throughout this whole thing. There's, there's a little bit of intrigue. There's, I, I just didn't see this coming. I think Timothy Chalamet's Wonka is different and unique without being creepy. <laughs> which the character can so easily venture into as we've seen yeah. in but previous yeah. adaptations. Yeah. So he's like fun and quirky, but again, it, it, he just walks that line really well. And if he can do that throughout the entire movie, I think that's, that's huge. Uh, I, I don't know. I was really taken with this. I'm, I'm super pumped. I left the trailer going like, I, I think I gotta see this movie, but what do you think? I dig it. Um, if you know me, you know, I love the Paddington movies. Uh, they're the word that I always use to describe them as whimsy because yeah. it's it's just loaded to that for 90 solid minutes to where no one has a bad word to say about either of those films, which is why like I think Paddington 2 is 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's physically impossible to be upset at that movie. <laughs> so if they're bringing that vibe into this, that's great. My only concern came after the fact when somebody pointed out it's a musical. And there's no songs in the trailer. Mm. That is a concern. Because that tells me you're not that confident in your songs. Yeah. That's, um, I didn't realize it was a musical. It's labeled as a musical. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen that in the past. And like, as long as it doesn't turn out to be... I love this scene, by the way. <laughs> you grant as a Oompa Loompa, I did not see coming. Um you know, as long as this doesn't turn into like, you know, a cat's <laughs> level uh, musical disaster, um, I'm pretty, I tend to be pretty forgiving on, you know, like having like non Broadway musicals in right. like movies. I tend to be pretty forgiving in those. So I hope it's, it's not because they're fearful of the reaction. So fingers crossed on that. Cause yeah, I didn't realize that was a musical. And they don't exactly really point that out in the trailer at all. So no. interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, the trailer does not scream musical, Alex Jolene. I agree. Like there's a couple of dance sequences you kind of see, but I, I saw that more as like, oh, it's the magical realism of the child. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, technically, the Gene Wilder one is a musical, but there's like two songs anybody remembers from that. Right. So as long as it hits that thing, I, I think we'll be okay on that on that side. But yeah, so that's uh, that's our full look. That was a lot. I'm sure more will hit uh, later today and tomorrow. Um, there's a, we have a couple of comments here. Um, is that Ezra with the red saber from Rob Burrell Jr.? Uh, already the, the things coming, Alkaloids, comic book nation shouting out. Um, <laughs> I saw the trailer and was like, Dune part two has gone off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Dune I always wanted. Dang it. No, this is my dude. This oh, is the one God. I live for here. Um, so yeah, uh, interesting. Any uh, last thoughts before we uh, duck out of here? Uh, just fingers crossed that Hollywood gets its act together and figured this whole thing out because I don't want to have to wait so long to see a lot of these movies that are come that all seem like they're right on the docket. I'd hate for us to be sitting here 18 months from now and nothing's come out. Agreed. Uh, that recent report of the uh, of sources and how the strike is being approached does not 
instill confidence in any way. Um, the line really, about apartments was God, appalling, geez, dude. Like, come on, like what a that's just pathetic, man. Um, and but we'll like Connor pointed out tonight is a major next step, and so we'll really see how that will sway very soon. And we will probably touch on that on Friday. Uh, this is going to affect this industry in huge ways. So, um, so until then, uh, I hope uh, everyone enjoyed this fun bonus episode. Uh, if you missed this, uh, you can obviously check it out on our Combo Nation YouTube channel. We can check out all kinds of other content, uh, us talking to people, us talking to each other, us talking about things. It's dope. <laughs> you should watch it. Um, yeah. So uh, you can find me on threads at Matt Aguilar CB. Connor, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Connor Casey CB. I'm moving here soon. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> we'll catch you later. Later, guys.